Welcome to the Green Up Possibilities podcast, empowering you with information about what is possible, improbable, and nearly impossible with money. Brought to you by Green Up Wealth Management. Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm Aaron Kirsch, Chief Client Advocacy Officer at Green Up Wealth Management. We're recording this podcast in February. Last month was Financial Wellness Month, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about another kind of wellness. So there's many different kinds of wellness. People can define wellness as emotional or mental wellness, social wellness, spiritual wellness, financial wellness, and on this podcast, we're going to focus on physical wellness. My co-host is Tony Schmidt, President and CEO of Greenup Wealth Management. Hi, Tony. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me today. And our special guest is Jeremy Mullins. Jeremy is a registered dietitian at First Form, and he's with the Kentucky National Guard as well. He has over two decades of experience. He's also our personal nutrition and fitness coach for GreenUp's corporate wellness program that began in September 2022. So we're really excited to have Jeremy on this podcast. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. And I think we should move the, you know, I'm the personal nutrition and fitness coach for GreenUp first into that line of explanation might bring me a little bit more uh, credibility with the listener. Right. I'm still concerned on why he's a special guest, but I guess we can talk about that later. Tony, let's make you feel a little more special. Tell us about how we first got started with First Form and Jeremy and the corporate wellness program at Green Up Wealth Management. Yeah, and I think it's it's like anything else. It's about a journey, right? And if I go back to January of last year, I can't say that my physical, mental, or emotional health was probably at its peak level. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to start a different lifestyle. And I um, started a program called 75 Hard, which was born right out of here at First Form and their founder, Andy Frisella. Throughout that process, I joined the First Form app. And I was fortunate enough to run into a fantastic advisor named Tyler, who helped me start my journey. And that journey wasn't just about physical fitness, but it was truly about nutrition. It was about physical fitness, but it was also about getting a little bit healthier mentally as well. And throughout that process, it was pretty neat because I got introduced to Jeremy as I was training for a marathon. He volunteered to help me with some marathon prep, and we just started talking a little bit deeper. And first form was getting a little bit deeper into corporate wellness. That's part of our overall mission is to help transform and positively impact people's lives. And that certainly includes our firm associates. And that's really where the program was born out of. So, Tony, we've been in this corporate wellness program for about four months. Can you tell us a little bit about the results that we've been seeing so far, how it has improved the lives of both GreenUp team members and their families and their clients and productivity? We've seen some really great things come out of this program. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, Aaron, that's a great point. At the end of the day, results matter. That's where it stops and starts, right? And our objective was to help our firm associates lead a healthier life. Therefore, they could make a greater impact with their families, their clients, and their communities. The stories are countless of people going on consistent walks with their significant other, going on runs, joining the gym, or riding a bike on a regular basis with their children. But at the end of the day, people have lost weight, people have um, that needed to gain weight, are just overall embracing a healthier lifestyle 
and again, therefore making a, a more significant impact and living a healthier life. And ultimately, that's what it's about, right? That's right. So let's bring Jeremy in. Jeremy, you are the expert on wellness. How do you define wellness? Well, I mean, I think I give the listener a background where I get the definition of wellness from is, you know, I started early in my career as a as a personal trainer, you know, more on the exercise side of things. Right. And of course, graduated with degree in nutrition, dietetics, and then started coupling nutrition and exercise into wellness. And I think, you know, after doing this for, for a couple of decades, like wellness to me is the all around person. We'll have people lose 40, 60, 80, 100 pounds. And what they realize is maybe some of those problems that they had before is still there, right? Because there's other underlying issues with that. So to wellness to me is this all around approach, right? It is mentally being well, right? Mental, emotional resilience can go into, I lump spiritual in with that. So it's belonging to something and believing in something bigger than ourselves. I like the physical side of things, right? I think you have to be in a certain condition to enjoy life and, and to be able to do things, you know, nutrition, sleep and financial. Like those are kind of the big things that I would define wellness because then in all fronts of life that we deal with day in and day out, we're doing well. And I know that's a long answer, Aaron, to your question, but, you know, I think if you'd asked me five years ago, I, I maybe was still gave the same answer that wellness is, you know, a certain body fat and the certain ability to, to run three miles in a certain time and lift X amount of weight. I probably would have gave that answer five years ago. But now I've really included some of this other wellness coaching into my coaching to make sure that the individual is well rounded. Right. Because you could be a certain percent body fat and run a 5K in a certain time. But if you're you know, worried about your debt because you've never done a written budget and you don't know if you're going to have money to retire, that brings a whole other stress level into your life that's going to make you unhealthy at the end of the day. Those are great points, Jeremy. All right, let's dive a little bit deeper into the physical wellness. And I want to start with one of my favorite proverbs. There's this great Indian proverb which says, a healthy person has a thousand witches, a sick person has only one that's hard right and you know it's hard in a sense when you really think about it because we hear the first world problems and i had this discussion this week every tuesday you know i have what i call tough love tuesday it's opportunity for me to kind of give a different side of me because i'm very empathetic in my coaching i'm very people person i always say that it's always people first and winning matters and i like what you said earlier you know when saying that that results matter and it's true right so i do this tough love tuesday where i'm a little bit on the meaner side of things right and, you know, I just call people out like, you know, there was some some saying, hey, Jeremy, I had to work overtime this week. You know, I had to work 50 hours or, or I had to work 60 hours. And you know, I look at this and I'm like, good. That means you have a job, right? Because there's people out there that don't have a job. They're looking for a job and, and cannot have wellness because their financial wellness and their mental wellness, you know, is suffering because they don't have a job. Right. And, you know, we look at this, we say a healthy person like we do have a thousand witches because there's so much stuff that we can do. There's so much ability that we can go out and do. But if someone is sick, their number one wish is to get better, right? Their number one wish is that whatever that that sickness that they have goes away. And we've seen this on, you know, I'm sure for both of you guys, if you think back the last three or four months, I'm sure both of you guys have been sick, whether it be just a cold or whether it be the flu or something. Yeah, no doubt. And it makes a big impact, right? So I look at that as when someone is chronically sick, the number one thing they want to do is have the ability that most of us have on every single given day. And Aaron, I think what's super important is how we attack each day. What is our perspective? 
if you have a mindset on a daily basis and you say, this is going to be an awesome day, that frames you out to have a successful day, knowing that you're going to run into some challenges throughout the day, but you've already framed it in your mind that it's going to be an awesome day. And those are nothing but speed bumps versus hitting a wall. And then the gratitude piece is so crucial. All of a sudden, it's the end of the day. If you wrap up your day with saying, man, that was an awesome day, that gratitude piece is going to be massive. If you stack that on day after day, your outlook is going to completely change. Those are fantastic points, both of you. So Jeremy, let's talk a little bit about how you achieve physical wellness. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we look at just physical wellness, there's some things that I like to see in everyone's program. And once again, these are going to be very broad recommendations because you two know this is me working with you guys a lot. Like you asked me a question, I'm probably going to ask you three more questions back to get the answer, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and we always say it depends. But I think if we look at absolutely just the basics of physical wellness, what are we looking at, right? And it really, you know, is diving into optimal sleep exercise and nutrition, right? And then broad scopes of that as adults, we really need to get seven to nine hours of sleep every single night. And we've heard that for, you know, years, right? Get eight hours of sleep. Well, the data would tell us it's seven to nine hours. And then one deeper layer of that is shooting for that hour to hour and a half of deep sleep and REM sleep respectively. And then exercise, we have two sides of the exercise coin. And depending on, you know, where the listener is at, you know, they may be leaning towards one of these versus the other, where the truth is we need both, right? And that's cardiovascular training, which would be our traditional walking, running, swimming, getting the heart rate up type of workouts. But one that I see a lot of people are missing on is resistance training. As the average person I work with, we do not lift weights or do resistance training enough. And I think both of those need to be in our lifestyle to be optimal. So exercise to me is having a, a good balance of resistance training and cardiovascular training to achieve our goals. And then, you know, on top of that, like we can get more specific. So Tony mentioned this early, like he wanted to run, you know, a marathon. Okay. Then his program needed to have a little bit more running in it because that was more sports specific, but we didn't get away from the resistance training for optimizing physical health and then nutrition. And, you know, we're in the camp when it comes to nutrition. Whole foods, of course, is better than, than processed foods. So we want to eat more whole foods and we teach, you know, macronutrients, macronutrients being proteins, carbs and fats because they make up all foods. We don't get into what we call the labeling of the diets where we're saying that high carb is better than low carb or three feedings a day is better than six feedings a day. We are very based on education of whole foods and then fine tuning that nutrition plan to the individual. So that's kind of the broad of what I think physical wellness would be is to optimize sleep, optimize exercise program that has resistance and cardio, and then making sure that we're dialing the nutrition in for what works for that individual person. Hey, Jeremy, I think one of the big misnomers out there is that if you want to lose weight and you're going to exercise, it's all about cardio, yeah. whether it's get on the track and run the treadmill and run. What I learned throughout my journey with first form here is I couldn't have been more wrong. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit more about the significance of resistance training and weight loss versus cardio? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the things we always ask people to do is if you, as a listener, go and grab a photo 
of what you want to look like, right? So most of us have in our mind what we want to look like. And it might be someone else's body that you're saying, I want to look like this person, right? And that's okay. Because if you do that, I could probably say, okay, that person that you say you want to look like trains with weights five days a week and does cardio three days a week, right? And that's what we're going to see is that look that most of us want come from resistance training, right? But I think what we've been taught through either media or organizations is that you have to increase your activity via the cardiovascular training or via workouts to increase calorie expenditure. And that's true to a certain point. Okay. What I like to do, and we've had, I've had great success out of this. And, and I remember a decade ago, people would just kind of laugh at me when I would say, well, what do you have your clients do extra to produce good results? And I'd be like, I, I have them walking 60 minutes a day. And they're like, just walking. I'm like, yes, but it's additional to the workout, right? So what I like to get people doing is following a strength and conditioning program that involves resistance training. That could be resistance training with weights. It could be resistance training or what moves people might be comfortable with, like machines at a facility, or it could be body weight. Because if you do push-ups, squats, lunges, that's resistance training. So I don't want people to think that it has to be weights, okay? Even though I'm a big fan of like, I want people underneath the barbell. You guys know that. Like the first time that I got to meet a lot of people at Greenup Wealth was we came in and we learned how to deadlift and squat, right? Absolutely. And I like that because learning how to move a barbell mimics a lot of movements in life. And if I can teach people how to do that correctly, I can teach them to get stronger, which makes day-to-day life easier from that sense. And then, yes, we need a couple of days of cardio right? As far as getting the heart rate up so that cardiovascular conditioning that we're getting there via a high heart rate. So maybe that's two or three days of running, maybe that's spin class, maybe that's some orange theory, doesn't matter, right? As long as you're getting your heart rate up. And then the secret sauce, I think inside of a wellness program, because us as humans in this technology driven age are not that active, right? We have desk jobs, a lot of us. So I like recommending that we walk 60 minutes a day. This can be broken up as needed. And it's just additional. That way you can do it in your work attire. You can do it with the dog. You can do it with the family. And I love, because we don't get a chance to talk about your guys' team as much. And I love to hear the fact that a lot of those individuals now are doing daily walks with their family, right? So they've incorporated this education, this lifestyle and brought their family into it. And the walking increases that calorie expenditure that we were talking about so that we can burn more calories, but it also doesn't break the individual down. So you can do it day in and day out and really have no negative consequences out of it. Versus if I asked, you know, you guys, Hey, Aaron, Hey, Hey, Tony, I want you guys to run an hour a day. Well, that's probably going to go okay for about the first three days, but then you're going to say, Hey, Jeremy, my joints are hurting, right? Like I got blisters. I'm hungry. Like all this negative is going to come out of doing running every single day to a certain degree. Okay. But with the walking, there's really no downside to it. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to tell my personal story of uh, being older and body breaking down and being hungry and, and all those items. But I guess, Hey, we're one big family here. Hey, Jeremy, one of the interesting things with me of my learning was that when you are doing resistance training, the caloric burn as your body is repairing, can you talk to the group a little bit about that? Yeah, I'll do a little bit of brief education and and answer that directly. So you look at calories, calories is just a unit of energy, right? So when we move, we do skeletal movement or exercise or just stay alive, right? So our body burns energy, aka calories. That's just the definition of it, right? 
And so a lot of times going back to your original question of why do people do exercise? Because when they, I'm sorry, why they do cardiovascular exercise? Because when I do a cardiovascular event, I can look at my Garmin, I can look at the pre-core, the treadmill or the apparatus. Like I know Orange Theory has the heart rate monitors you wear. Cycle Bar has the the stats that come up on the, the board and it will tell us you burned a thousand calories in this hour. That makes us feel good. We burn a thousand calories, right? Now, off topic, I can tell you that is overestimated. I did not, you know, even for me, 210 pounds, lower body fat, carry a lot of muscle tissue, love to cycle. Cycling is my preferred fun exercise. I'm pretty good at it. I don't burn a thousand calories in cycle bar class. It'd be nice if you did. It says so. Makes me feel good, but I don't. So that is, I think, why a lot of people like to do the cardiovascular because you get that instant, ooh, I burned X amount of calories, right? But when we resistance train, we're, we're breaking the muscle tissue down, actually, right? So when we train with weights, you're breaking the muscle tissue down. That is why you feel a little sore after doing some resistance training, especially if you haven't done it in a while, okay? Well, then the body has to work, aka burn energy, to build the muscle tissue back up, aka it burns calories, but this is not documented anywhere. It's not going to say it on the Garmin. It's not going to say it on the, the app, right? So over time, an hour of resistance training is going to burn just as many calories as the cardiovascular. You just don't see it, the data, right? And I think that's one of those missing, missing points. And then for calories burned per day, the more muscle tissue that we have, the more calories we're going to burn in a given day without exercise, just being alive. So that's another benefit of the resistance training is the more muscle tissue that you have, the more calories you're going to burn. And Aaron, I forget how much, because I know and I'm going to pull you back on the spot with this question. You know, your, well, your goals was to gain, you know, muscle tissue, lose a little bit of, of what we'll call love handles or body fat, but really to gain some some weight. Right. And and we did that. So I can say Aaron, with his experience, a.k.a. age, has a higher metabolic rate now than he did a couple of years ago because he's carrying more muscle tissue. <laughs> Thanks for, for pumping me up there, Jeremy. Yeah, well, I, like, I, hey, we, we all are experienced, okay? I don't like to use ages, right? Like you already dated me with my 20 years of experience so people are doing the math, right? They, they kind of know where that number is. <laughs> Jeremy, you look good for 65. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I'm hanging in there. Well, I'm still ahead of you. <laughs> Jeremy, you had mentioned a few minutes ago that modern society, modern technology, it's just incongruent with with our health goals. And I like to think back to the way our bodies were designed by nature back in the hunter-gatherer days. So you, we're talking about sleep, exercise, and nutrition, right? So sleep. In the ancient days, prehistoric times, humans slept when it became dark and woke up when it was light, right? They had no other choice. There was no electronic light. And in modern society, we have screen time. So we're up late. We're losing sleep. You mentioned exercise. We used to be hunter-gatherers. We moved around a lot. We walked a lot. We chased animals a lot, right? We were, we were very active. And today we have a very sedentary lifestyle, sitting at desks, sitting on the couch, watching television, things like that. And then you mentioned nutrition. Today in modern society, we eat highly processed foods, but our ancestors, nature built our body to be eating berries and fruit and, and meat and, and no processed foods. Uh, so, so we have to work in our modern society at getting enough sleep, enough exercise, and getting the right nutrition. Can you tell us a little bit about how we should be setting wellness goals and how we develop those healthy habits so that we can be more healthy and we can achieve physical wellness. 
yes, I, I'll go down how I do it from a coaching standpoint of setting goals and, and analyzing those goals and, and it being a work in progress as we move forward. But also, and I don't want it to be lost to what you just said, and by no means am I saying like, hey, we need to live like our ancestors live because there are some great things out of modern technology that I would not trade in for anything, right? But like some of the th things you mentioned are very important. One of our sleep hygienes that we teach is, hey, we need to limit screen time before bed. Let's get off the screens two hours before bed. Let's wake up with natural sunlight. That mimics what you just said, right? And then if, if you catch it with what I was saying today, walk at least an hour a day. If you think back to our ancestors, hunter and gatherers, they moved a lot. And then when they did chase an animal or lift something, it was heavy, right? So the chase was very short. So we were sprinting, you know, maybe one or two sprints a day and then a bunch of walking, right? Or I lifted a few heavy things, a bunch of walking. That's what I'm asking people to do, right? You know, so if you kind of look at it from that standpoint, now I'm not saying you have to walk barefooted four or five hours a day. I'm not saying that, but, and I think that's where it gets caught, especially when I get to nutrition, because we've been through the phases of the paleo phase and it's like, Hey, do we want to eat more whole foods and process? The answer is yes. Right. But there's some technology that, okay, I can get pineapple in the Midwest anytime I want to. Well, I like pineapple. Right. So even though it's not in season, I'm going to eat pineapple because I like pineapple. But I love that that you mentioned that because I think that's a good way for people to think and relate. Right. This is how our bodies are wired. That's the reason going to bed at dark and getting up when the sunlight comes up generally makes us feel good. OK, so but yeah, how do we set goals? I am a big fan of looking at what I call, you know, hey, top three to five priorities of life. And what's funny is, you know, you mentioned the types of wellness and, and financial wellness. And I think for most of us, our priorities should fit our mental well-being, our social well-being, our spiritual well-being, our financial well-being and our physical well-being. Like, I, I think that our top priorities in life should fit those domains. And what I'll ask people to do and I'll share mine is I have three main priorities in life right now. OK, it's career. It is wellness in the sense of like physical wellness and it is financial. Like those are kind of my three priorities with family. So family is always up there. So if I, I listed four, right, those are my top priorities. Close to five is my social, but my social at this phase of my life, I get through this. You know, so Green Up Wealth, you know, to me, we meet on a, you know, weekly basis. Like, yes, they are clients, but you guys have become colleagues and friends. I get a, a social drop in my bucket every week on our call, even though it's professional and we have education, we spend five to 10 minutes of the 45 minute call catching up as friends, right? So I'm able to kind of feel my social well-being through what I'm doing for work, whether that be the National Guard, whether that be First Form, whether that be Green Up Wealth, right? So once you have your priorities, then you set your goals, okay? And then with goals, once I set my goals in there, we wanna make sure that they are what we consider the SMART goals, right? So if we're just speaking fat loss, and have someone that wants to lose 60 pounds. Okay. When do we want to lose that 60 pounds? Okay. I want to lose 60 pounds in a year. Gotcha. Right. So now it's specific. Not that I just want to lose weight. I want to lose 60 pounds. I want to lose the 60 pounds by the end of the year. Cool. Got it. That's our goal. Then what we work back is developing the behaviors. And I feel like this is where a lot of people mess up inside of the fitness slash wellness nutrition space. And what I mean by that is they look at it as programs. Okay. And I'll try to relate that over to maybe your guys' listener. It's like, hey, I got you. You were able to max out your Roth last year. Cool. But if you don't do anything with it, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, 
you stop doing anything with it, then it may grow over the next 20 years, but probably not going to grow as much as if you kept putting into it. Yeah, it's all about a plan and it's all about execution. Yes. So inside of wellness, though, in, in fitness, what I see is so many people that go on a diet or they do a fitness program for a given period of time. And what we have to realize, I don't want you to run a marathon. I want you to become a runner. And what I mean by that is you run a marathon, you go out and you train for 16 weeks to finish the marathon, and then you never run again. But if you become a runner or you become into fitness, then you're still training and you're still doing fitness on a weekly, daily basis, but you might be training for something else. And I think that's what's pretty incredible about working with you, but with burst form on the whole, it's not about these little sprints. It's about creating a healthier lifestyle. Yes. And that encompasses everything from um, mental, physical, emotional. And so by creating this healthy lifestyle, it is encompassing so many things. Jeremy, you mentioned SMART goals. Can you define what that is? Yeah, so SMART goals is just, it's an acronym, you know, and it's one of those easy things, like if you just Google it, it'll come up because there's a couple of different, a couple of them have interchangeable words, right? So don't take me word for word, you know, because you might look it up to give you different. But generally, you know, SMART goals, as we talked about, like, you know, it's S-M-A-R-T, SMART. First thing is specific. So not just saying, and I'll just use the weight loss again, not just saying I want to lose weight, but how much, like giving that specific amount of weight. Same thing for like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put more money into retirement. Okay. Well, how much, what is the specific amount? Right. And then the M is for measurable. Can it be measured? Yes. I can hop on a scale, get my starting weight. I can help hop on the scale every month and get a continuation of that weight. Right. Same thing inside of putting a certain percentage of your salary in. Can it be measurable? Yes. Because a percentage of every paycheck it's measurable and then achievable. I think that one's something that we really have to look at. And I'm sure you guys may come across this like, hey, I want to be a millionaire, right? And I'm sure you guys can be like, all right, Jeremy, we can set you up for that, right? Glad you came to us at 40s and then easier if you came to us in your 20s to set you up for this. Yeah, time definitely helps. Yes, but it's achievable. Am I going to be a millionaire in 2023? No, right? Because that's it's just unless my pay increases by a lot, it's just not necessarily going to be achievable. But it's the same thing with, with weight loss. You can't say, all right, I want to lose 60 pounds. I want it to happen in a week, right? So is it achievable? Can you actually attain it, right? And then the R is relevant. And it has to be relevant to your situation, right? Is it relevant to make you, and I, and I would I add to this, it goes with this call today. Is it relevant in making you a better person when you're setting these goals? Are you a better person all the way around because you're going after this goal? That's what I always add that into the relevancy inside of that. And then the T of it being time bound. So we talked about it earlier, having a time frame on it to when are you going to achieve that goal, right? So it's easy for me to say, okay, you know, I want to have a, a net worth of a million plus by my 50th birthday. That's a better goal for me to have versus saying, I want to have that in 2023, right? So I think that's where, you know, we just want to make sure that when we're setting these goals, that they are go by the SMART acronym. So that way they're just a, more relevant and then we can work backwards from them. And so Jeremy, once you have these SMART goals identified and lined out, where do you go from there and what tools do you use to help you succeed with them? Great question. If you would have asked me as a 24 year old, just getting out of college and I've been personal training and helping people with their wellness journey since I was 19 personal trainer at 19. And I can tell, tell you my first clients, you know, the married couple, Donna and Kevin with their names, like those are the first two people I work with. I remember them, Right. And if you went back at 24, I'd be like, Oh, I'm, I'm a great trainer. Absolutely. Right. And then at 
34, I can tell you, hey, I'm a better trainer now at 34 than I was 24. Now at 42, I can say I'm a better coach trainer at 42 than I was 32. And hopefully at 52, I can say the same thing, right? So we're ever learning. What I've learned though is we as humans will always falter to our habits and our behaviors. So that's where we start at. We focus on habits and behaviors. So we like to take three to five daily actions that's going to help us achieve our goals. Okay. So let's just say Aaron's goal is to optimize his sleep and get seven to nine hours. Okay. Then at least one of his daily actions should be towards that goal. Right. So then he works and goes, all right, month of February, um, I'm going to get off my screen. I'm going to have no screen time after 8 p.m. And that becomes a daily action item that he's going to write down and have it on his list every single day. Because if he does that, if he gets off his phone and off his TV, whatever screens that he, he uses by eight o'clock every day, and by the end of the month, he's going to sleep better because of that. So he's chasing his goal. But also by the end of the month, he might not even have to think about getting off his phone at eight o'clock because it's become a habit, right? We've, that has become a habit into my routine, right? I want to drink more water, Jeremy. All right, cool. That's a great goal. But what's a better daily action is I want to drink 30 ounces before 30 minutes being awake, right? I write that down my, my daily list. And then at the end of the month, I take these three to five things I've been working on. And if I really feel like I do them without thinking about them, without looking at my list, I'm doing those things, then I mark them off my list because they become a behavior. And I add three to five more things that help me work towards my goal. And Jeremy, I think that's such a great point is, if you use this power list and you're looking at it on a daily basis and evaluating, did I win or did I lose? If there's seven days in a week and you're stacking four wins for the given week and the next week you're stacking five, six, you know, all of a sudden seven wins in a row, that is incredible, yes. incredible progress. You're feeling good about yourself and you're going to want to keep continuing crushing tasks leading to further success. Yeah. And in the beginning, like speaking of the physical side of wellness, it might be, okay, move an hour a day. And that might be the walking that I've talked about. They might be going to the gym I've talked about, but that could be one of the daily actions, right? And then once that becomes a habit, like you don't have to think about it, like, all right, I get an hour of movement in. Did you, the next month that might be, okay, Jeremy talked about in that podcast, I need to get resistance training in. So I walked and I did the elliptical and I did the bicycle an hour every day this month, but I didn't do any resistance training. Let me do resistance training. You see what I'm saying? So we can build on these as we go, right? And a lot of times it doesn't overwhelm people because we're only focusing on three to five, right? And I do this to this day, you know, so I've got five down I'd like to share with people. And so I have on my daily actions this month is to walk an hour a day doing video messages. So what I've done here is I've kind of coupled a habit that I've already got into place by walking an hour a day and I added doing video messages to it so that my responses back to clients is a little bit more personal versus just text. Okay. I've added in three to five minutes of deep breathing because I've just got out of the practice. I know the benefits of this. It, it helps me de-stress. It helps me sleep. It's just, we get out of the habit of it. Right. So I added it back on to become more of a habit. Okay. Vacuuming the floors each day. We got a new puppy in December. And we have the, I think it's the Roombas, the automatic ones. But what I've done is I'm adding vacuuming the floors every single day to the list because it, it just will help us keep the house cleaner, right? And it's something I can just do. And once again, once it becomes a habit, I can pull it off my list. Reading, I'm very good about. I've had reading on, you know, probably for the last few years on and off, but I've been really good about reading lately. So I've fine-tuned this one. Once again, building on these habits, 
is I moved it to 10 minutes of reading research. So actually pulling data, pulling research out and reading that because it helps me then give references to the things I teach. And then the last one, I uh, used this early on Aaron, zero screen time after 8 p.m. So I, yes, why I am an expert in the field of nutrition, exercise and sleep, I struggle with the same thing that you guys struggle with, right? And so I had to pull that one back out because I've gotten a bad habit of sitting down at night while maybe the, the wife's feeding the baby or, or whatever, and I'm scrolling through my phone, social media, fill in the blank. So I've got the point where eight o'clock, I send my last text, whatever I need to wrap things up for the day, and I set the phone down. And what's crazy, doing the deep breathing, getting off the phone at 8 p.m., I'll just, the listener can't see this, but just a few days into February, and my sleep has getting a lot better in my scores. Oh yeah, that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> and I guess the other thing they can't see that I just pulled out is my powerless journal right here yeah. so that I'm keeping it, measuring it on a daily basis. So um, I guess I'm practicing what you preach and that all comes you know, right here from a lot of the beliefs at first form. Jeremy, you talk about these habits and Tony, the habits that you're developing. And Tony, you talked about having that great feeling of the wins when you're when you're successful jeremy can you tell us a little bit about how to deal with setbacks how to deal with when you're not winning and you get distraught or come up with a reason to quit doing something that you know is ultimately good for you and i mean that and that's a skill right like this what i'm getting ready to say is a skill that you have to develop and you have to realize like not everybody you're not going to be perfect we can strive for perfection but realizing that we're not going to be perfect is one of the first parts to helping you minimize the rebound. So in my coaching circle, we call it minimize the rebound and don't have one flat tire and flatten the other three, right? It's the best analogy when I, I can say, like if you overeat or you eat something you're not supposed to, or maybe you drink, you know, the whole bottle of wine, you're only gonna have a glass of wine, fill in the blank, I don't care. Like you fall off track, however you fall off track, you miss a workout. What I want you to think about is driving down the road and have a flat tire. Like as much as it sucks, as much as you get frustrated, as much as you're angry about it, as much as you try to call AAA and they don't answer the phone, whatever the case is. It's firsthand knowledge here, right? Yes. Whatever happens, like you would not think about pulling your pocket night out, out and going and literally flattening the other three and being like, well, there we go. Just messed up once, you know, flatten one tire. Let's just flatten the other three. Let's just get buried and start from scratch, Correct. right? That's what we do in the wellness, though. We, we, we mess up our, our diet on Friday because we go out with the boys and we get French fries and a, a burger and we're like, oh, well, I failed on my diet. So I'm going to wait and start on Monday or worst case. This is the big one. We just kind of went through it with us you know, doing this in February. People set New Year's resolutions and they mess up one time and they're like, well, it's not going to work again this year. I might as well wait to next year. Yeah, uncle. Or, you know, all of a sudden it's it's February. I didn't start a New Year's resolution. But you know what? Come 2024, that's yeah. my year. That, that's where I'm going to put the marker in. That's just that date's just a line in the sand. It's about starting today. Yeah. And it goes what you said earlier um, with winning more days than you lose. Right. So if I win more days than I lose in a week, I won the week. If I win more days in the month than I lose in the month, I won the month. Right. You win more months in the year than you lose. And guess what? You win the year. And it's just it's about building that day in and, and day out. And Specifically, Aaron, going back to setting the three to five action items to turn into behaviors is we look at those on a monthly basis. 
and we look at them on a monthly basis and then a 90 day basis. So I like to call it the 30, 60, 90. So at the 90 day or the quarter mark, we're going to look back at all the, the actions, items that we set to make sure that the ones that become habits in January, I didn't let them slip in, in February. Right. So I want to kind of do it as a 30, 60, 90. And the goal is there to build those habits over the course of the year. And before you know it, in a year, you know, you could develop 20 good habits and not even realize it. Jeremy, you talked about having SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And Tony, you went through quite a remarkable fitness journey over the past year. Can you tell us a little bit about how you set your goals and how you were able to achieve success? Yeah, and I think it's a great point. And mine were deep-rooted and 75 hard. And with that, you have to follow a diet that included no alcohol, which was a definitely a lifestyle change for me. Um, you have to have two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. They have to be, I think, two or three hours apart. About two to three hours. And so January of last year, it's definitely cold in St. Louis. So that definitely helped condition my mind as well. You have to drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages of a personal development nonfiction book, and take a daily progress picture. So that was the 75 hard part. But then when I started partnering with Tyler through the first form app, that's really where my education and I would say passion around um, nutrition was really born out of. And so, Jeremy, that's your crew and your team. Can you talk a little bit about how first form has this tool and the partnership with the advisors that you can use to get educated um, and actually build out a successful program? Yeah, I mean, and one of the the biggest things I'll say that we're doing different, right, is the the fact that we have an advisor slash coach on the other end of the app, right? And I get a lot of people that will come and say, well, Jeremy, this calculation gave me these numbers or this calculation gave me that numbers. And that's because all calculations are starting points. And the cool thing about the coaching aspect is it's about listening to the individual and making adjustments based on input versus output and input being the things that we kind of talked about here, right? Input is our nutrition. It is our sleep. It is our exercise and output is results. And I think that's where we can sit and say that we as a company do X, Y, or Z good. And I, I, I believe we do, but I think the biggest thing that we do better is we put a live person on the other side of that app to help answer questions and navigate people through their journey. And I think that's the big difference. And that's the reason we're seeing such fabulous results inside of the challenges and inside of the app. And it's the same thing for you guys, like the, all the results that we're seeing comes from, yes, the app and the tools, but it comes from like the individual education and the conversations that we have, right? And the learning of that, that you don't get just from a calculation, right? Or just for the ability to track your macros, like without the input that comes along with them. Yeah, I think there's a great parallel there with our business, Aaron and the way that we work directly with our clients, where our advisors have a very deep relationship with their clients, with a deep understanding of what their goals are, customizing plans, customizing strategies to help ensure that they're going to be successful in their journey if we execute a, a, across that plan. One aspect of modern society is this do-it-yourself attitude. Just go on YouTube and learn how to do it yourself. But sometimes it is good to have an accountability coach and just someone who's really knowledgeable about what you're trying to achieve to help you get to where you want to be. Because we only have one life to live. We only have a certain amount of time to get it done. So if something is really important to you, like financial wellness or physical wellness or any other kind of wellness, 
maybe it's good to partner up with an expert who can help you guide you along the way. Yeah, I think it's easy to sit and say, wow, that person lost 100 pounds or 150 pounds or 200 pounds. That's awesome for them. They're incredibly special. That's why they were able to do it. If I look at my hero in this journey, it's one of my older sisters who went through an incredible transformation as well. But Jeremy can speak to, this is something they're doing on a daily basis. They're changing people's lives and therefore their trajectory of their families forever. Yeah. And, and I'll parallel this, the same thing that you, that you guys are doing, right? Like, you know, it's easy to look and say, okay, well, this person is, is a millionaire, right? And they, they earned that. And same thing, you're losing a hundred pounds. But what you don't see is all the stuff that we talked about, right? It's the behaviors and it's the consistency over time that produced the results. It wasn't like it just went out, you know, and then boom, the results happen. Like you want to look back and it's the same while when we set our goals, we then work our behaviors and our habits to achieve that goal. Right. Because we, we, without the behaviors and the habits, you'll never be able to achieve the goal or you won't be able to sustain it. Right. And those are just things that like, you know, I would ask the listener to really, you know, take a deep look at and be like in this talk on wellness is what needs to be improved. And maybe it's not physical, maybe physical, you are good. Like you sleep good, nutrition's on point, exercise is on point, financials on point. Okay. Is it something else? Is it one of those other domains that we talked about? Is it the mental, the spiritual, the emotional? Like where are we lacking at, right? Because I, I really think when, when we start looking at those domains, it goes back to like a team aspect of you are only as good as your weakest link. So if you're failing in one of the wellness domains, like you're only going to be able to be so healthy or so well if one is super low, right? And I think that's the reason they go hand in hand. And I truly believe that in in my coaching, and, and you guys know this, I've, I've gotten more into having people set outside goals in coaching. So five years ago, it would have been set a goal of doing an Ironman and, and finishing an Ironman. It was always like the physical goals. Now we're, we're transitioned to where those are still there for a lot of people, but it's also things like get out of debt, 100% out of debt or only, you know, out of debt except for the house, right? Or spend time with the grandkids. Like we're setting these other goals that go into wellness, not just nutrition and exercise. I think that's where our partnership with First Form is born out of is, you know, we're both mission-based firms. And at Greenup, our mission is very simple. It's to transform and positively impact people's lives. And that's why it was so crucial for our success to be able to have a corporate wellness program like this so that we were all healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, so we could make the best possible impact in the lives of our clients, in the lives of our families, and in the lives of our community as well. Jeremy, it's been so great to have you on this podcast. If people wanted to follow you or contact you, what's, what's the best way? Well, I'm on most of what I call the experience social media platforms. I'm not on the younger TikTok or what's it, is it TikTok? TikTok, I call TikTok. It, I call it TikTok. I, I pick on those young kids. <laughs> All joking aside, I mean, if you're on social media, Instagram is jeremy.d.mullins. Facebook is just Jeremy Mullins. I am active on those two social media platforms. But people can also just reach out via email. It's jeremy at firstform.com. So it's the number one S T P is in Papa, H is in Hotel, O R M as in Mary.com. Any of those, like I said, I, I am active on and just like to tease the younger generation, right? Hey, you're a step ahead of me. I still don't use the Facebook. So, hey, well, I guess I guess maybe that should be one of my goals is, is to move forward. But the, the Facebook is the, it's kind of the old person social media. Well, 
then maybe it's because I'm so young and hip. Uh, <laughs> I was once told you can't be hip if you use the word hip. So um, I'll just leave it there. You know, and Jeremy, I just want to wrap up by saying thank you. Thanks for the impact you're having on each of our firm associates, the impact you've had on my life. And like we've talked about, you've become a great friend and just the impact you and your organization have on the community from Andy, Sal, the whole team. It's your guys' mission is absolutely incredible, and you guys are transforming lives on a daily basis, and it's it's really cool to watch what you guys do. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you having me on today, and like I said, I hope the the listener found you know some value in, in some of the, the simple basics, and you know, like I said, always open if people need a little bit more education what it looks like, or if you guys want to dive deeper into the physical wellness specifics of sleep, nutrition, exercise a little bit more, as I like to call the rabbit hole, we could definitely do that. That's great, gentlemen. Well, Tony, thank you so much for being a co-host with me. Jeremy, thank you so much for giving us great education and information for the entire team at Greenup Wealth Management, for Jeremy, for First Form. I'm Aaron Kirsch. Thanks for listening. Greenup Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed are our own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk, and unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.